Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third annual Golden Boy Awards for the positive one where we're not gonna be big dicks the whole time to everybody. Uh, uh, yeah. No matter who the fuck is this we? No matter who I chose for my favorite woman's wrestler of the year, Dylan, you have to be nice to me for it. Um, Shit. before that, I, I did want to have, uh, our, our wrestle babies. They sent in some contributions to, uh, to, to the awards. A lot of them for tonight, mostly, but I do want to catch you guys up on, uh, heel of the year, that rat bastard from Long Island. So good. Uh, this one's all from Sarah. Best theme song, uh, Brian Danielson's. Of course, they just called it Ride of the Fucking Valkyries. Uh, best Fair. first year, they said the Wrestle Babies. <laughs> um, worst angle, pretty much everything Cody Rhodes is doing. So, <laughs> nailed it there. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, for their Cody Award, the Young Bucks Thumbtack Shoe, which I disagree with. I was a big fan. I love Thumbtack. I love Tacky. I uh. Listen, listen, between that and the one of them that uh, shit on the acclaim, the Russell Babies can just, <laughs> just straight up 2013 suck it. <sighs> Big Mike hates the acclaimed so fucking much. He, he hates the acclaimed and 2.0, which is why a couple weeks ago when they teamed up. That's great. I hate, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him, and I'm glad up, that I can say it. I was so happy and record it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start with since this is positive, our baby face of the year last year's was Hangman Adam Page, and that was actually Big Mike's baby face of the year was Hangman. I think that's the only one we have for baby face of the year. But would we like to start at number three? Oh wait, that's my choice. It's a real personal one for me, y'all, but but my boy CM Punk's back and it just makes me so fucking happy. Also, I got to be on TV with my favorite wrestler, kind of. Um, and ever since he's come back, like, it's not been like Danielson where everything's been super engaging. But I don't think I need it to. All I wanted at the beginning of the year was to know CM Punk still loved professional wrestling and he's given me that and that's all I need like it is a big almost like mental health story with him of working for the wrong people can make you hate the thing you once loved and I mean he said it himself like you can't get better in the place that made you sick and I'm real happy AEW exists to be that place for people to get better and everything punk's done has been super fucking positive which is weird compared to like him uh demonically singing happy birthday at a small child uh, uh so I, yeah and now he's just always comes out and is real fucking happy but also if he needs to slap down a bitch from long island he mm -hmm. can um didn't uh, we find out that um from his uh like when he left WWE to when he came back to professional wrestling is the time where Vice controlled your life. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a that was pre like pre Scotty leaving or uh, CM Punk leaving. Scotty was straight edge. After that, it just went uh, a little buck wild with us for a bit, and <laughs> went then all downhill. Yeah, CM Punk came back and everything got better. 
and and I just smoke weed a lot. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Straight as a pride convention. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, accurate. All right, who's uh who we got up next? Oh, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, two. Uh, number yeah. two uh, for Babyface of the Year, I had to uh, give props to our good, good Jungle Boy Jack. Um, I think this is. Uh, I mean, this has been the year where uh, Jungle Boy he uh ha- he got over. Like he started getting over majorly this year, and he's yeah. at the point where he anytime he comes out, people are like singing his songs. He is trying to get better on the mic, and I really applaud him for that. He is so super talented in the ring, and really all he needs yeah. to come out uh, like to do is come out, just stand there with his curly-ass hair, and just go go, just do Jungle Boy things. He doesn't need to talk. I, he did, no, he did do very well this week, even though it was on accident, because... Uh, it was his promo against oh, fuck. Who's he facing? One of the, uh, Isaiah from Private Party. And in the promo, Isaiah was like, "Jungle Boy, I'm a pound your ass. I'm a pound your ass the whole time." And then it cut to Jungle Boy, and he just goes, "You think you're gonna pound my ass? You're not gonna pound my ass. I'm gonna pound your ass. I'm gonna get a bunch of coal and dump it in your ass." I was like, "Okay, this is very good." I do have to appreciate that. Uh, he's yeah. uh, he got super over with just about a- everybody. APA baby, yeah. always. Um, <laughs> uh, but he's also just shown just how fucking talented he is in the ring. He would he goes blow for blow with Young Bucks now, and I think that is a sign of like real like talent. Yeah. All right, number one with a bullet. Um, Shockingly, none of us picked Hangman for Babyface of the Year. Well, I saw that he was last year, and so I didn't know if we wanted to do twofers. Yeah, yeah. The only the only place where we repeated was was Heel of the Year. That's because we all looked and we're like, yeah, we still hate that guy. (laughs) And (laughs) that was it. That was. I would honestly pick Uh, uh, our number one over Hangman, though. Yes, and uh, a big part of his story was with them. So. I I wouldn't have because this is the first of of two categories that I won where I voted for Blake's over mine, um because I I t- uh, I for I forgot that Jungle Boy uh existed until I saw Blake because he put his stuff in later I was like oh that's right he is he's doing he's a real great white meat baby face man <laughs> like just pure yeah. pure baby face as you can be uh unlike uh, unlike my uh my baby face the the Dark Order who have just had a really great overall story arc. They're, they're kind of stalling right now, I feel, because yeah. they're, they're caught up in the hang and thing. But the beginning of the year, and in the, into the middle of the year, where they were helping Hangman out, and then Hangman was like, hey, listen, I need to do this on my own. And then there was the, the Civil War, which was a great storyline, but everybody was like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Please don't. And then, you know, Amanda Hoover came out and be like, it was just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I love that because everyone was like, oh, this storyline's got to end with the Dark Order breaking up. No, it doesn't. Sometimes you just no, need Amanda Hoover to come out and throw some papers at you. Yeah. Negative, negative one to threaten violence. Yeah. Uh,. And uh, no, it they're 
every combination of the Dark Order is over at this point, for one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, Five is getting over for his work on Sammy's vlog, which uh, means that he's not over with me, because I hate Sammy's <laughs> vlog. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really cool with the rest of them. Ten still, you know, his entire, just, just big, strong boy. Mm-hmm. And then Silver and Reynolds, I really want to be featured as a tag team more. Because I really want them to go, like, a challenge like the Lucha Brothers or some other tag team not on Dark. They may be my most underrated tag team in AEW, Reynolds and Silver, because they're so fucking good, and they're really smooth. Um, but yeah, I the reason why I was, like, Dark Order number one with a bullet <laughs> for mine was it's that I'll fucking drive to Alabama. Yeah, God. <laughs> um, behind Merry Christmas baseball bat to the knees. Behind the scenes Dylan did point out how many times I said number 1 with a bullet on last week's episode and now now I'm just going to put it everywhere I can. Now what I love about the Dark Order is they really are like the antithesis to everything that a wrestling stable is supposed to be. Like at the end of the day they don't really fit together because you got alan angels who's like a grungy fuck boy then whatever john silver is then uno and then grayson who's like this god of war cosplayer and then anna J, who's just anna J now she's not a, like i love them because it's it is the exact opposite of like the elite where it's we are all one and we are all elite and we are all like the best that there is the dark order is just chill they're like, no, we're f- we're friends, and we like to do wrestles. They're people that would have likely joined a cult, and that's how I'm gonna yeah. say, because yeah. it's just like they were all in their own like um in their own way misfits. They came together. They became friends in the most unlikely situations. They gone through so like tragedy, hardship, and like beautiful moments together, and they're like a real life stable for life. I think. Yeah, they're really good. They're the, the, the guys that just look at you and be like, it's, you can sit with us. Come yeah, on. you're cool, Come bro. Come on over here. Yeah. All right. On to our next category. And I am going to repeat. This is the positive episode. We cannot argue. <laughs> w- I didn't sign anything <laughs> saying that. Women's Wrestler of the Year. Blake, listen, man, you could have easily recorded this without me. Like <laughs> the two of you have each I'm other's fully, number. I'm trusting this is going to be like a Ryback segment, and I'm just going to start talking, and Dylan's going to dip. But before that, Blake, would you uh, actually let me get our uh, our our or okay, one of them does agree with Blake, and we also got uh, for Women of the Year Hikaru Shida because she got her 50 career re- wins. She kicked ass this year, so yeah, that's good. But she did. She very much yeah. did. Uh, Blake, your pick is also Big Mike's pick, coming in at number three. Thunder Rosa! <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Uh, if there's been... Your favorite pick and Big, Big Show's. <laughs> I... Big Show fucking loves Thunder Hell Rosa. Hell yeah, I agree with Big Show 100%. Thunder Rosa is just an amazing in-ring competitor. She talks some of the best shit, and... She is one of, like, a few people in the wrestling industry as a whole that when she does just go off on a promo, I get scared for people in the room. And she's fantastic. Like, she's such a good total package wrestler. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Especially when she delves into Spanish and you're like, I don't know what you're saying, but someone's going to die. Yep, that's... I'm not sure what's happening. It, I'm sure... One of the thing. Go on. Like, Thunder Rosa is an amazing competitor, but I really feel that it's very underrated that I believe she's only, like, ever worn the same gear slash face paint, like, a couple of times. <laughs> like, dark everything. I'm just like, yeah, that's a new outfit. Like, there was a... Like, uh, like, I'm just like, where, who, who is making all of these? Where are the ones that you no longer wear going? And like, how good are you now at doing this face paint? Oh, <laughs> I have that same thing about anybody who uh, is brave enough to do f- like really intricate face paints um, yeah. as okay. part of their gimmick. That was part of the appeal of Darby's is that like, until he got with it, it wasn't. That was part of the appeal. Is it's like, oh yeah, this dude just poorly drew a skull on his face on, on a half of it, even. Which is everybody was just like, yeah, I too would be too lazy to do the full thing. Yeah. Go, go you, but Darby. Then, unlike what I would expect, I do. He got more intricate as it went on. Yeah. Did you see Stings this week where he had fully CM Punk's like logo screen printed onto his face? I really appreciate that. But no, Thunder Rosa, uh, because like, I barely knew anything about her last year. And this is the year where I got to really like, see everything that Thunder Rosa is capable of doing. And it's a lot. And she rules. I think that like, yeah, if there's anybody that's going to be the next uh, AW Women's Champion, it's uh, Thunder Rosa's up there. Well, that's going to be a while, Blake, because... uh... (laughs) Coming in at number two, because both of you hate me, is someone (laughs) who is the only women's wrestler in AEW history to be considered as one of the big pillars of AEW, shoving MJF out of the way, (laughs) is, has one of the special qualities that I think a heel can have, where they are immediately hated, but also are sent off for promotional shit, like, all that time. I've never, like, seen a con coming up with wrestlers or, like, a news show when AEW's in town that did not feature number two, where the bullet, Britt fucking Baker, D-M-D. She, this was the year of the DMD, and the more I read about her, the person, the more, because, like, She's still a fucking dentist. That blows my mind that she's walking around with the championship and then is like, like Adam Cole described it one day. He was like, yeah, she wakes up at like five, six in the morning, goes to work, comes home, gets in like a brief thing of eat, then immediately goes to the gym. Then like she works so fucking hard. I think she is. A phenomenal face for this women's division. I think she has done wonders for the women's division between her match with Rosa and elevating the belt to a point where she feels like a top champion along the same levels of Kenny, along the same levels of Lucha Bros, everybody. Hey man, listen, no game recognize game. I have no game and I recognize, like, I totally get this and especially respect, like, everything that Baker does outside of wrestling and inside, um, because I really think that she, she has put in so much work for being just, like, completely green 
a few years ago to doing this. Yeah. It's not a few years ago, but like I can't remember when she I mean, started. Oh no, yeah. it was. Yeah, she was she was a uh, fairly big in the business when it started because I remember knowing her name and being like, because I thought Brit was gonna be like the fr- I think me and a lot of people thought Brit was gonna be like the first champion, which is why at Double or Nothing this year, so many people in that crowd were like, "We're supposed to hate you, but also yes, it's happening finally." And yes, she's super fucking over. She's in my opinion, like, a great face for a women's division, much like I believe her husband is a great face for a men's division. I think you could build an entire company around just that household of individuals. So, oh, yeah, yeah you think? Yeah, Britt Baker. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh... It's my yeah. turn now? Yes, number one. No, 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 I've not been mean about choices I disagreed with. We can't be mean about choices we don't disagree with. So, so, um, one, that's your fault. You could have been. I would have argued with you. It's an award show. I'm not going to fucking Kanye it and then walk on stage (laughs) and be like, actually, you won. I have. (laughs) I have. I have. Give me second place. I want it. I want it noted that this is out of respect for you as my friend and co-host, and in no way out of respect for her. Anyway, Chris Statlander came back this year. That's fucking awesome. Yes, it has. Yeah, because there is no better way to come back. Because she even stated in her, uh, she had a uh, an AW unrestricted after she came back, and she's like, "When was the last time that you saw a woman debut in a men's made event, like re re like return and then have an actual impact? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then get very much featured. Also, her return, one of my favorite returns ever. Two reasons: one, really cool that she popped out of a fucking claw machine. Two pelted some plexiglass <laughs> off of Penelope Ford's face. <laughs> they kept that plexiglass. It's in a prop truck somewhere. Yeah. They're like, no, we're holding on to this shit. <laughs> Proceeds to do a fucking like, uh, oh, almost Michinoku driver through a goddamn air hockey table. Yeah. She's responsible for Britt Baker's best match out of a very lackluster set of matches in a title reign. I think the Sheeta, I like the Sheeta one a little. Well, I mean, that was the first one, but yeah, I was I was yeah. a fan of Sheeta. Nope, that was the one where Britt clearly should have been disqualified when the ref saw Rebel hit Britt with a chair. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I like yeah, it. I like, I like sleazy heel shit. No, no, no! That was that was stupid. That was stupid. <laughs> oh, so many of her mat. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I said I was going to be better. Uh, anyway, Chris Statlander is uh is just fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know why AEW decided not to make her the TBS champion. Uh, that one I I I I'm having a hard time letting go of because one, she is hella over. Two, her interactions with the best friends. 
are great because it's just like, hey, let's put this weird fucker with a group of weird fuckers. And um, no, it's just her, like, the amount of power she has. Because, like, you know, Nyla Rose is a big woman. Yeah. And could easily crush people. Like, Chris Atlander looks kind of muscular. And then she'll just, like, hoist people up out of nowhere. And you're just like, oh, god damn. That was like watching someone pick up, like, a child's toy. And then she'll just, like, just, like <clears throat> slam the shit out of them. Uh, She's so strong. Also, I just... She yeah. is ridiculously, almost scarily so. Um, and, yeah, no, it, it's a thing where, like, She's just a very good, very good wrestler. Yeah. Overall, you could tell that she t- spent her time off, like, imagining things and, like, just trying to become fundamentally sound. Uh, it's a thing where, like, her, I believe her and Rosa are the most fundamentally sound. It's just, I really enjoy the weirdness of her gimmick. Yeah. And, she's like, an alien! I don't feel like we alien. bring this yeah. up enough. She's an alien! Yeah, exactly. She came back with a new look where she was just like, yeah, I felt the last look didn't look alien enough. So I came back, painted half my face green, had a different colored contact lens, and, like, had different colored hair on one side. <laughs> like, you know, really let that, like, you know, really let that come out. And I was just like, that is more character development than I think a lot of people would have given in that amount of time. Well done. But yeah, no. Every time there's a stat match, I'm I'm excited whether it's dark or dynamite or rampage. I was just like, sweet. I need to see how that went. I need to see if she does the bastard driver on someone. Props to her for not breaking someone's neck with that. <laughs> by the way, don't know how she's managed that this long. All right, now on to our next category: the most improved wrestler. Uh, Big Mike suggests Alan Angels. I don't mind that. Angels has definitely gotten like more comfortable in who he is as the years go on so i'd give him that it's it's less that it's less that he improved and more that he's just been quietly good no 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 yeah quietly good or like he he got character growth he did i don't think he actually like improved as a performer it's not like he started doing better mic work he still barely talks and his in-ring is no different it's just that like they're like okay you're going to be less of a jobber right all right well last year we had chosen uh we had chosen roman reigns i mean yeah all right blake all right no it's actually dylan dylan at number three for most improved listen i i took this as like an overall thing so um if you ever want a really good example of how certain systems don't work for certain people. Uh, you need to look no farther than Ty Conti, uh, a woman who had limited success fitting into the WWE system, but who has been one of the fastest improving wrestlers in the AEW women's division, uh, gaining popularity and everything. Like, Becoming what is like you know a very uh, legitimate threat in that division, despite not being you know in the business for very long, having a lot of experience, but looking like a very you know threatening striker, having her background in like you know jujitsu and MMA stuff, you know, brought in in a believable way. 
Uh, so like, yeah, yeah, I, I find it all uh, very impressive. She's been working, you know, on her promo stuff with Negative One. It turns out, turns out, ne- turns out, Negative, yeah, Negative One has been helping her with her promos for like the last year. That's sick. Because she, she like, you know, she speaks Portuguese, so every once in a while, like, he's just like, no, 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 what are you trying to say? Oh, you yeah, trying, yeah. Let me help you. Yeah, uh, so yeah, she's just been, she's been working very hard to up every part of, uh, of her game. Uh, I'm very glad that she was given a chance, uh, you know, at a title match to try and show, you know, show off. I, maybe not the best title match, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's good that she's managed to come this far in such a relatively short amount of time. I mean, the only person who's done it faster is, ironically, her tag partner, Anna Jay. I don't know. I really feel like Ty has eclipsed Anna really? at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's largely because Anna was out for such a long amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was out for, a, a, like, a few months. Like, several months. And during that time, Ty got in, you know more reps yeah. as it were well on to number two most improved and boys um never have you seen a talent in a women's division uh come so far as to be called one of the four pillars <laughs> no you can't um, no i'm not gonna do it again all i all i will say is i do feel like every every heel needs like one of those i call them almost like danger matches like a match where a heel goes from being the annoying kind of pesky cowardly heel and then goes into, oh, fuck, this person's actually a threat. Like, with me, uh, like, one of the ones I always point to is Edge and McFoley. Like, Edge kind of came into that as, like, the pretty boy coward heel, and then he left putting a man through a flaming table covered in thumbtacks. Like, that's your moment of, oh, fuck, that's a threat. That's a main event person. And that happened last year with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And ever since, Britt has built herself up to be more and more of a credible threat because she was a very jokey heel towards the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. I will accept one question, Dylan. <laughs> or or comment. Does a, does a credible heel really need two people to interfere multiple times in their matches? I mean, yes. That's why they're a heel. <laughs> really, MJF manages to not do that, and he's got four motherfuckers to back him up. What's the ring that he uses in the finish to almost every match? Every match MJF has. Wardlow. She uses shit like that on top of two other people. She rare. She will usually use her g- fancy glove, which I do enjoy the glove gimmick. And then outside of that, it's just interference from a hater who's getting elevated as fuck because of this story. And then Rebel, who's just getting to have a fun, like, last run hanging out with Britt Baker. So, yeah, no, she's, I think she's really came a long fucking way. She has proved that she can have good matches without that. She's proved that she can have brutal matches like she's had with Rosa. And she's proven that she can really do a fucking lot of different shit in the ring. And that's what makes her, in my opinion, one of the biggest heels they have. Is if you need a bloody match, you can get one out of her. If you need a technical match, you can get it out of her. Or if you want silly comedy, she can really do a lot of it. And she's come a long way in in the long year. But she's not number one. Blake, who's number one? Number one is a man who found God. And his hot wife in the same bar. 
And then they said, and, and then they walked That's over to the, God. And no, they no, said, no. We have we to. We saw you from across the barn. We really dig your vibe, God. No, no, no. His. No, no, no. You tried to improve upon it. That's the best setup Blake's ever come up with in this show. That was great. <laughs> um, of course, number one this year is Miro, who uh, sits coming to AW as only. Just managed. He's managed to reinvent himself again. Um. Um, man's got in the fucking 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 like alpine horn yeah Yeah, battle music um because he's gone from being something that i've been like cautiously optimistic about to whenever they give miro a 30 to 45 second promo on AEW, i drop everything and just listen to what crazy shit he's come up with this week (laughs) and it gets better and better and it's gotten better and better and um I mean, since losing the, uh, the, the, uh, I almost said TNT, yeah, I almost said TNA title, but ever since he lost the TNT title, he just keeps getting a better and better character, and he's just more vicious in the ring, and he's just, like, he's become so good with this new character, um, of, like, following his god, and lusting after his hot wife. And that's the only two things about this character. You wouldn't think that would get over for long, but god damn it, he makes it new every week. It's because he's like, I am the chosen one. And then he's like, I will fucking fight God to be able to go fuck my wife. And you're just like, what? You're just like, yeah, that makes sense. A, another one. And then you're, you're like, that had to be a one-off promo, and he fucking doubles down <laughs> the next week. Uh, he wants to go to heaven to fight God is how strong his conviction is. He wants mm-hmm. to put God in the camel clutch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And he's just brutal as shit the whole match. And you're just like, oh, that's right. You are actually like a pretty competent wrestler. Yeah. All right, on to our next category, the Independent Wrestler of the Year, because in addition to AEW popping off, uh, without having to worry about WWE, that meant we got to check out more, like, GCW shit, and also more indie guys invaded AEW, which was super fucking fun. Uh, Sarah... Uh, get- wait, sp- oh, I was gonna say, before before this starts, special shout-out to Dan the Dad for having the best, worst gimmick Dan ever. Dan the Dad fucking rules. Uh... One of the other awards in the Sarah gave to Starboy Charlie, who's just a big, big flippy boy who also hangs out with uh, the dirty daddy Chris Dickinson. Don't know much else about him other than he is flippy and small. <laughs> but uh, no, my uh, my choice for indie wrestler of the year was taken by Blake, and so I said uh, I went with a personal choice, and it's Effie. Effie is for you. Effie is beautiful. I love Effie. Uh, there's very few people who, like, casually while stoned watching wrestling on Twitch, will just throw out pearls of knowledge to you. And so, like, uh, he was talking about uh, wrestling and, like, what it means getting into wrestling and any advice. And one of the things he said was make sure you're telling a story, make sure you're entertaining. Because if you're going out there and doing flips, you're simply masturbating your skills in front of an audience and no one wants to see that. And that shit stuck with me. I was like, oh no, I have to... To to be fair, there are people that want to see that. (laughs) But it's better when it tells a story. Yeah, uh, it's it's better, but uh, there are people. In addition to that, he told an amazing story that I think just ended with Matt Cardona. 
where he ended up stealing the internet championship from Cardona. Cardona gets it back. They bring in Chelsea to GCW. Now you've got the team of Effie and Alley Catch, which is also known as Bussy, which I fucking love taking on uh, the team of uh, Cardona and Chelsea, which was a very fun story. And Effie has proven to be a person who, in GCW's world of, like, kind of hyper-violent shit, Effie can really do whatever. I have seen Effie do death matches. I've seen Effie do comedy matches. Uh, I've seen Effie do very, like, ser- like his match with, not the first match with Cardona, but the return match that ended with uh, Chelsea coming in. Like, that was my favorite match on that card because he tells stories, and they are all very, very good in the ring. And also, he is... He is ultimate punk rock wrestler. He is the ultimate against any system. I don't want to go to AEW. I don't want to go to WWE. And that's super fucking different and inspiring. And I love me some Effie. I, I, yeah. How, how did we not pick Cardona for anything? I initially had him for most improved. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, because he had a that's he fair. had a very good heel heel run. Uh, I think I had I him for heel voted, of the year I, too. I would have voted for him higher than your choice for most improved. Uh, 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 my choice for indie wrestler of the year. I can't believe you let me get away with this. <laughs> I did the. I did this as a joke, and you let me run with it. God bless you. It technically works. Yeah. Um. Because. Uh, as some of you may or may not know, Minoru Suzuki does not actually have a like full-on contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> so he's he's just he's, a, an indie guy. he's just a freelancer who works like almost exclusively with him, thus giving him the ability to do a like multi-week, like m- I think multi-month, just run of the U.S. Indies. Yep. Just beating the shit out of everyone. Dickinson, Garcia, like just random other people. Gotta fight Moxley, fought Brian Danielson. Like, just this whole giant run. By the way, he ended up going like 14 and 2. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was just like, I could book my person to beat Minoru Suzuki. But that just sounds unrealistic. Minoru Suzuki murders you. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe if you're like Chris Dickinson and Daniel Garcia, he gives you like a fist bump after and acknowledges you as a fighter. Uh, or maybe he just kills you and throws you in the dumpster out back. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Murder Grandpa does what Murder Grandpa wants. And he is a, like, at his age, after, like, the amount of wars he has been in in MMA and wrestling to see Minoru Suzuki continue to just go and be like an icon in his own rank is just so awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it just makes me even angrier about last year. I got like <laughs> so many matches that I was never sure I was going to see with Suzuki in them after like Seeing him in Japan for so long, him coming over and teaching, uh, <laughs> teaching us how how it's done, it was uh, a a wrestling like uh, timeline that I never thought we'd be in, but that I'm happy I got to see. Oh, now number one, Blake, with a bull. <laughs> no fuck. 
God damn it. Number one. I mean, that is apropos. The man did rob rob a place without a mask yes. on. Um, yes. And number one this year, I had to think long and hard for about five minutes. And then I was just like, no, I've got to go with Nick fucking Gage. Um, Representing that murder, death, kill gang worldwide. Because, I mean, you think of somebody like Nick fucking Gage. If there was anybody that I want, like, I wanted to see Suzuki with so many people, and the Nick Gage, like, confrontation was really up there. But if you want uh, me to think of a short list of people who would walk into the ring with Minoru fucking Suzuki and not give a shit about who he's facing, it is Nick Gage. Nick Gage has had amazing feuds getting over, like, Zack Ryder's uh, heel persona in, um... GCW, um, his uh, match against fucking Moxley in GCW. Uh, I mean, he came on to AEW and cut Chris Jericho up with a pizza cutter. (laughs) To the tune of Papa John's. Uh, Also was part of a fucking massive War Games match in GCW, which was their first, and I think might be uh, RSP Ricky Shane Page's last, uh, like, death match. So... That was a cool little bit of history to see. Also, this was uh, Big Mike's choice as well. Was, uh, you know what it is, MDK all fucking day. Absolutely. And on top of all of that shit, of all the people that I think you could have as an ally on the side of mental health, Nick fucking Gage is the best possible person because he speaks to people. In his own Nick special says way. Nick fucking trans rights. Don't you disrespect that shit or I'm gonna get you with a fucking pizza cutter. And he'll kill you. Dylan, what were you <laughs> saying earlier this year about just like his spirit has, energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he emits like spirit pressure. Like you, you have to show him. Like it's that shit you can feel from a distance. <laughs> like you just look at him and you're just like. I get the insane sense that I should go nowhere near this. We person. were in the same room as him at Double or Nothing, and we were like, "We're not gonna. We could take a picture with him if we wanted. We don't want to, though." <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Also, weird question: Is Big Mike the same dude that said that weird shit about Kid Bandit? Um, I can't even remember who said that shit. Fucking Kid. Hold on. Also, Kid Bandit, another indie wrestler of the year, because Kid Bandit. Did make some fan art I did his profile picture. So fuck yeah, Kid Bandit. Fuck yeah, Kid uh, Bandit. I did not know that. Awesome. Big Mike is uh is the one that hates the acclaimed though, so No no, I know. I know. He's a cop. <laughs> if you don't like the acclaimed, you're a cop. Alright, on to our next one. Match of the year in a year that had numerous. Um Sarah had the eight man tag between the elite and the dark order that ended with uh stay puffed hangman taking out matt jackson which is good uh another honorable mention i had was the five on five with hangman uh, the, oh, oh and the uh the loony elite uh-huh the loony elite yeah uh last year <laughs> we made a mistake <laughs> i still maintain to this day when we said that uh the best friends versus santana and ortiz parking lot brawl was match of the year Cause we all, cause we all took a pill that said revolution never Didn't happened. Happen. Yeah, but still. All right, Dylan, would you like to start? 
I stand by that choice. <laughs> I do too. I do too. We stand in solidarity. I guess like we did on these. I stand in solidarity. In this year, we really yeah. did, Dylan, and I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a in a match where like so many things happened, I I still don't know how you guys put this as last. Um. So, at the last pay per view at Full Gear, uh, there was a. 25 minute match that was the culmination of a multi-year storyline and the uh, coronation of Adam Page in his instant classic match against Kenny Omega. Yeah. It was amazing. It was emotional. Like It was it- emotional! Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go go jerk off into a DMT tower. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was everything that anybody who had been paying attention to that storyline had wanted. Down to the bit at the end when the Bucks like did not interfere and Matt Jackson just nodded towards Hangman, like being like, You got it. And, and it like you said, it was it was amazing. After that, it was a great back and forth match. The bit where Paige got up and got in Kenny's face and said, "Is that all you've got, yeah. motherfucker?" They fucked each other up in that match. They did. Kenny Omega, a man who like was at the end of like just a terrifyingly brutal run, who wrestled with Vertigo yeah. for like a year, <laughs> put on this match with Adam Page. And they just they just whooped the shit out of each other, and it was it was great. It was everything I wanted, and yeah, no, it's it's my match yeah. of the year. I mean, top to bottom, it was just the uh, an amazing match. And if you gave me a moment of the year, it would be everything from the like the butts nod. nodding, and then just like Hangman winning, defeating Kenny Omega, finally acclaimed like achieving everything that he has needed to achieve just since AEW started and he's done it. And I love that he wouldn't have won if he wasn't humble because on, I think it was on rampage when he walked up to the bucks and said, Hey, I've got something to say to you. I am sorry, which is legit. Like something he had to do. He was a dick to them. He needs to apologize and wrestling is no longer a silly baby show where you can get away with being a dick to people. So he apologized, and that was enough for the Bucks to go, ah, fuck. <laughs> he did also say, if you enter interfere in this match, I will end you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you left out the back end of that Yeah, but promo. the important one was the- Very apo- important. No, I think the apology was the important part, because that made them go, oh, no, maybe we were wrong all along. And that led to forgiveness, which was very nice. And then um, when he threatened them, that, that hit home, like, don't fucking do this, because I will mm-hmm. still end you. All right, on to number two, which is also Big Mike's. This is also Big Mike's match of the year. Yes, and this one I placed above uh, Omega Page only for personal reasons, and I'm sorry to say <laughs> that. Yeah. Because uh, the number two uh, spot for match of the year is uh, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Oh, like, fuck man. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. When, when Danielson came into AEW, I knew that he was wanting to go on a run like no other. 
I did not expect it to start with him calling out Omega. Omega saying, no, 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 that's not how things work. And he's like, I don't want to fight you for your fucking championship. I want to see who's better. And they... That had to have been Tony Khan just being like, we know Kenny's going to take time after the title's gone, but I'm not about to not fucking do Kenny Omega versus Danielson. Are you kidding me? And this is a match that I've wanted to see, like, current Kenny versus current uh, Brian, like, for ever... Long time. Just for a long time. Uh, They went to a time limit draw, um, which is, like one of very few in AEW's entire existence. Um, because, yes. Um, I mean, there's still not that many, uh, because when you, and half of them them are Brian Brian Danielson. Danielson. Yeah. (laughs) And that just shows how good Brian Danielson is. Um, but like, that man's cardio is horrifying. I know that man who is just standing up doing jumping jacks, like three quarters Mm -hmm. of the way through that fucking match. And he's just, he can go the distance. And Omega can go the distance. And that is, oh, and that is a great thing about Paige, because now we know that Paige can go the distance, too. And we know that all three of these men are on the same level. Um, and that is... In any other world, this could literally have been three different combinations of Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, and Kitty Omega on any other year. Yes, exactly. Um, and their match... Two of which went to a time limit draw. (laughs) Yeah. Two of these, or not two of these matches, but two, like, that were, uh, I would heavily consider, if only the Hangman-Danielson match happened a little earlier in the selection process. (laughs) Yeah. Also, they gave away two of those matches on free television. Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, Uh, it was great. uh, I mean, just top to bottom, beautiful, like, perfect wrestling match. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, on to number one. Um, and last week when we were discussing the uh, exploding barbed wire death match, I said that what made this match not work was the f- what made that match not work was it put too many limitations on the wrestlers, who you know they like to go out and brawl and go all around the arena, and instead it was limiting them. Shockingly enough, however, <laughs> match of the year also put similar limitations on two teams known for high flying and using all of the fucking arena and said no you can sit in this tiny cage and that's it for an hour or for what 30 minutes i think it was well and uh, then and they said to that it felt like fuck forever. you we're gonna do higher flips we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do higher shit fuck you do you do you know who two of the people in this match are go fuck yourself <laughs> uh but uh, of course it's the uh it is the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships. A, I thought it was great because I don't know about you guys. I did not think this was going to be the end of the reign. I mean, as it went on, the more like the moment they put on the thumbtack shoe and Penta like sacrificed himself. I said, oh, they're fucking winning those belts. They are winning those belts today. And that was like halfway through the match. And there was still so much more shit to go on. But I thought it was peak heel bucks being the biggest obnoxious assholes that they can throughout the entire thing i I love that they're so fucking good and then the lucha bros played very good like not baby faces in peril because they never really seemed super in peril it was just like 
they are fighting in a fist fight against an enemy that has a sword. And by a sword, I mean a thumbtack covered shoe. Um, and it was such a amazing match that on a show that featured the debuts of Danielson, Ruby Soho, uh, Adam Cole, Minoru Suzuki, uh, had MJF versus Chris Jericho, had Omega Christian, had all of these fucking amazing matches, uh, Baker Statlander, that above everything else sticks out to me more than anything else is how fucking good that tag team match is to a point where I just afterwards said, I'm going to go back and rewatch the original trilogy and they still hold up very well. You ever watch two teams try to murder each other? Because it really has that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, like, especially after the thumbtack shoe comes out, you're just like, I think they might actually be trying to kill each other. I'm not 100% on this. I know two of them are vice presidents, but it really seems like they're about to commit murder. They're EVPs, extremely violent people. It sounds like backstage they just have a set agreement that if you do kill an EVP, then you become an EVP. It's like the Santa Claus. (laughs) Yes. All right, up next we have our tag team of the year, which is something we had never really done before, but then this year happened and I said, we got to do it. Uh, And actually, both Sarah and Big Mike chose uh, Blake's option for this one, which is our number three tag team of the year. Number three tag team, the Lucha Bros. We just talked about the best match like that they had this year. Um, But the Lucha Bros have just been all around an amazing tag team. They are Lucha incarnate at this point. And they Mm -hmm. carry the flame of Lucha Libre everywhere they go. Um, Also, the Lucha Bros, I just think as, um, like, their team... Their gimmick is just that they are the best at flippy shit. And their gimmick is that they are brothers and they that are do yeah. lucha. <laughs> it is that simple and with that they have gotten over because they are two of the most talented people in the business and they seemingly have no regard for their bodies because whenever they do just take something that would kill them, they seem to just get back up. Yeah. Uh, it's that Lucha. It's that Lucha style, man. It fucking adds 10 years to your life somehow. They've also served as like the perfect foils to FTR in what has been like an ascension of FTR in the company. Uh, I've never seen uh, like a tag team go into a storyline where I'm so sure like they're not going to win the tag titles and yet still they come out of it elevated. That's how this feels to me. Um, but yo, 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 Dylan, yo. Yo, Dylan. Yo, yo, oh, yo. No. Listen, two. listen. Yo, listen. Yo. Dustin, look at me! <laughs> My favorite bit about that is they did that on Dark once, and Excalibur was like, I have to. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> number number two. And my, my personal favorite tag team, besides our number one pick, is the acclaimed. Fuck you, Big Mike. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, this is like a Gazi rivalry now. It's fucking good. Uh, but yeah, not only because I understand Max Caster is not actually a good rapper. That's the point. And I don't feel enough people get that. Is that the point is, it is like very mediocre, 
but he manages to bring in enough originality and like good lines yeah throughout of it like like he he insulted prince in minnesota <laughs> like like he just he has he has good ones like like it's like i don't know them offhand but there are a bunch where i listen where i was like that was good that was that was well thought out good job now, granted, there was the one where he, you know, brought up Duke Lacrosse and Simon Biles having mental health issues, and he got taken off TV for a while, and that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but he's also a talented wrestler, as is Anthony Bowens. I feel like people really sleep on how athletic and talented Anthony Bowens is. Like, he real good. He real good. <laughs> he real good. He real good. His, his, like, he did a brief singles run during the time when Max was gone, and, like, while he's not over... As a single Zach, because his whole entire gimmick is he's a rapper's friend who has amazing facial expressions and carries the last boombox in existence. Yeah. Like a holy relic. But no, they're just a great tag team. They're a great heel tag team. Like, and the, the thing is, is they know they're over. So from the top of the ramp to the bottom, the reason why Max Caster raps is because that is the amount of time he has to get people to boo him he is successful 90 percent of the time they're like heel better enzo and big Cass. it is very like call and response intros which are i'm trying to remember the one he had during the five man match the other week <laughs> because like in the middle of it he gets jumped and literally he finishes a verse and then just goes ah shit and then you just see like kingston rush in and start beating <laughs> yeah. out of it so they're so good they've embraced it so much and to think that this was a team that was literally thrown together that's right i keep forgetting about that yeah they were just two singles guys and then uh and then they just went out and then the first week they were together uh he just max came out and started insulting the best friends and then that's just where it went they would come down to the ring and they would just rip the shit out of people and then they started ripping the shit out of the cities they were in yeah. and their opponents then they started a mini feud with tony Khan. <laughs> yes <laughs> well uh on to the number one tag team of the year super kick as the only as one of the only people that sung along with that at, at double or nothing <laughs> oh it's so good the young bucks i remember at the beginning of the year they were in that like will they won't they turn heel and i was just like just fucking do it please and then they finally turned heel and it was the best shit that's ever happened as crazy as kenny omega went when he turned heel the young buck said we can do better than that. How expensive are these shoes? I'll take eight, please. <laughs> How stupid looking is that outfit? Absolutely. Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson <laughs> has upped his crazy game a thousand percent. First, he grew a beard, and no one knew he could even do that. <laughs> My Everyone a thought it was painted on. <laughs> and no, it was real. Then he dyed it like Hulk Hogan. Then another week he came out, he had dyed the Hulk Hogan stash purple. He is insane. He attached an earring with a chain to a fucking flat cap he had. It, that's just their character persona. Then they somehow managed to become even better as a tag yes. team. Yeah. 
um, oh god, what was it? Oh yeah, at Double or Nothing, when Matt came out and he had dyed his hair blonde and his beard was like fainter, and then Nick dyed his hair darker, so everyone in the crowd was like, oh yeah, Matt's in! Wait, that's not Matt. Wait, which one is which? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, like you said, you, you really hit the nail on the head. The Bucks have done so fucking great this year. Like, I mean, they had match of the year in a year with Danielson at his best, Omega at his best, and the Bucks said, nah, fuck you, we're back in it. And now we're even getting into, like, fun trio shit with Adam Cole. And then maybe one of my favorite rivalries of all time is about to get renewed because we're Hopefully gonna get the Bucks versus Red Dragon, and that's my favorite shit. I'm so excited for that. Uh, hell yes, Young Bucks rule. Now, promo of the year. The greatest, uh, in-ring promo segment. Let me see. Uh, oh, Big Mike, of course, chose Redeem D's Nuts. Or when, uh, Miro said, your last match was chosen by the fans, your next match is chosen by God. Uh, meanwhile, I believe Sarah actually agreed with me, so we'll get to that one in a few. Before that, Dylan, your promo of the year. Alright, so I, I, I'm a sucker for, like, really, really intense, like, like, promos. Like, ones, especially if it's, like, a face-to-face. Like, you know, there's, like, the MGF Punk one where I was like, oh, that was pretty good, but, like, it lacked something. And I think it's because this promo had taken place before it had happened. And that is the promo between... Uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston because um, for five minutes I hated CM Punk's guts <laughs> for a legitimate five every time CM Punk opened his mouth all I wanted was for Eddie Kingston to smash his face in and that's really impressive when their match happened and it started with Eddie Kingston hitting an urican and knocking Punk out it was satisfying because of this promo because Eddie Kingston went out and somehow retold his story, the same story, for the thousandth time, and it was still captivating. It's amazing. I don't yeah. know how he does it. The man is a prodigy. But he talked about how how he wasn't fooled by Punk and that he knew Punk was a piece of shit, which is canonically true. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, how he had done all these things, and then Punk, you know, just this smug just was just a smug asshole <laughs> the whole time and i was just like oh god god it worked me i got worked into a shoot brother <sighs> uh yeah no that one fucking absolutely ruled uh number two for me and for sarah is one you already brought up which was cm punk versus mjf uh it's, re- like, in wrestling, when we discuss, like, oh, it's a dream match. Danielson and Omega, what a dream match. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins or some shit, dream match. Like, we, we know. Okay, that, that's not, a, that, I mean, you lied yeah, that second her, time. <laughs> I, I would love to see Drip King Rollins, though, versus Step 2 him, uh, Reigns. But, uh, it's rare you hear that with promos. But you do with CM Punk and MJF. And they immediately, in my opinion, delivered. I loved the fact that Punk did not take the bait the first week, so immediately got in Max's head. And then the lot, one of the lines that stuck with me is when Punk isn't even looking at this as a rivalry. He's almost looking at it like a class and is saying, I am so disappointed in you. You had seven days 
to think up stuff, and this is the best you came up with. Like, I loved the way the promo was done. I love that it almost seemed like a promo class for Max. And uh, Max really, at least on the initial one that I'm discussing here, super didn't disappoint. Like, he he brought everything to the table. He, he took low-hanging fruit every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, I mean, that was just for the storyline. But for the most part, like, he really seemed like he had something to say. I love the angle that Punk was in purposefully not bringing him up in promos before this because he wanted to see what Max would do, essentially. And I, I loved it. I loved a couple weeks later when Punk said, hey, I'll show you how to be a fucking heel, and then walked out in Long Island and just did some shit on the Islanders for 10 minutes. Uh yeah, I, I really loved this promo. It's the only promo I've went back and, like, watched multiple times. Uh, although I will say, I should have gone back and watched number one more, because number one I really enjoy, too. Yes, number one, by the way, um, it, since we're talking about... Always the best way to introduce the winner of an award, b- by the way. way. <laughs> number um, one. Excuse me, excuse me. While we're talking about this subject, um, let, me, <laughs> let me introduce to you... Bring up. Um, there are very few promos, I think, like this in history. Um, a career-defining promo, truly, and, like, absolutely. Like, a promo that shows you the essence of a beloved character and that you know they are going to carry that essence until they retire. There is lo- something on the lines of, like, Austin 316. What started out as a simple one-off phrase turned into a way of life. And it turned into... right, son. And for this man, this anxious millennial cowboy, he turned cowboy shit into a mantra that he used to submit a two-years-long storyline in the books. He promised us cowboy shit he explained to us what cowboy shit means and that that cowboy shit doesn't have to be the same for everybody but it is something special to him that he would give us his blood his sweat and he was sure he would probably give us his tears but no matter what he would and he did give us cowboy shit i'm honestly trying to think of more like career defining promos like that in like only Austin 316 obviously comes to mind, and then, oh, hard times, baby. Man goes to a factory, work for 25 years, and then they kick him on a butt, give him a watch, and say, a computer took your job, daddy. Like, that, those are the only two that can really, that really stuck with pipe, me. Pipe bomb. Pipe, pipe bomb. bomb, yeah. Yeah, there yep. you go. I mean, maybe Cody Rhodes un, un, uh, oh, undeniable. The, um, yeah, that one was very, very good. Uh, Mox's paradigm shift promo was kind of getting there, but it um so Fuck, early y'all on. Y'all remember when Cody Rhodes was good? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If only. But I mean, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. The uh hands down best defining promo though so far in AEW, I think, and definitely this year was Hangman Adam Page, who was uh. an anxious talker on the mic coming out and just laying it down straight, like really and truly just being open and honest in a promo. And that's like what I think the best thing about the cowboy shit promo is it. You can tell it comes from a very honest place in hangman Adam pages heart. 
he's gotten a lot more comfy. Like his promo tonight against Danielson was fucking killer. But now onto the storyline of the year and uh, big Mike for this chose Malachi Black just murdering everyone. Very good. And then uh, Sarah chose the return of CM Punk to AEW Wrestling, which is a very good one as well. Uh, l last year, we chose uh, the story of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, which, of course, continued into this year and was equally baller there. But, Blake, would you like to start us off with yours? My story starts out with a small dangerous man that doesn't care what happens to his body and he likes to paint skeletons on his face and how he was lost and assailed from every angle and he needed he needed somebody to even the odds he needed somebody to teach him the art of revenge and the art of justice and that came to him and, Batman. Yes. <laughs> teach him to be Batman. And that came to him in the form of Woo! the fucking Batman of pro wrestling. It's Sting! Sting! His face paint daddy had to show up. <laughs> no, no. Simba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, Sting coming to teach Darby Allen his ways and coming to see that Darby gets everything he deserves and try to make sure he doesn't hurt himself as much. Uh, like the the um, the teacher-student relationship and the Sting-Darby-Allen-like uh, storyline has just been great to see. And they are, other than outside like appearances and what they do um, in that regard, I would not have thought these two would have been a good match, but they really have been. To be fair, people had make, made, like, illusions that Darby's character was Sting, Sting-esque, especially during the pandemic era where, like, they, where I guess they knew Sting was coming and they had started putting him up on, like, the top set of bleachers in the thing. And people were just like, I was like, they're like, is this his version of being Sting? Do they have a fucking, like, grappling line up there that he's just going to come down? Shawn Michaels style? <laughs> All right. On to uh, my storyline of the year, and it's... I really enjoy, like, found family storylines, and I really enjoy, like, when trash people stick together to become something more powerful than the than the bourgeoisie. And that's what this felt like to me. And it's, uh, ironically enough, during one of our worst match of the year contenders, the uh, Exploding Barbed Wire death match, when John 69 Moxley me, John! <laughs> 69 <laughs> me, John! <laughs> Uh, John Moxley was about to be murdered by a plume of farty pyro <laughs> when your friend and mine, Eddie Kingston, a man who had despised John Moxley, a man who John Moxley had wrapped barbed wire around his arm and choked Eddie with it, mortal enemy, rushes out to the ring and just dive bombs on Mox, and you could literally see fear in Eddie's eyes that he's about to lose his friend because he does not realize how bad the pyro was about to be. <laughs> and he had to sell it like death. Mm -hmm. And then and then managed through the ability of being the greatest promo in wrestling right now, explained it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think the very next promo, Mox... No, it wasn't even that. It was the same night when Mox grabbed the mic and was like, Kenny Omega's a hell of a wrestler. Can't make an exploding ring for shit, though. 
but ever since then, the kind of redemption of the character of Eddie Kingston has really, like, it's been really cool for, like, we saw it double or nothing. He teamed with John fucking Moxley, the former world heavyweight champion, easily one of the number one guys in AEW, especially during the pandemic. And Eddie got the louder pop yep. over John Moxley. And that just makes me fucking happy. Not to say anything against Moxley or anything, but like, I remember seeing... Well, you know how over Moxley is, yeah. is the thing. Well, that I remember seeing Kingston and like literally a small like bingo hall in Atlanta wrestling for Chikara. And I'm so happy after all of that that he's finally getting what he fucking deserves because Eddie rules, and I love that he doesn't have to be a a bad guy, essentially. He can still be Eddie Kingston and basically say, I grew up in the Bronx, partner, and I'm about to kick you in your fucking nuts, yep. and I'm me and Penta are gonna go out to Applebee's. He can still be that and beloved by the crowd, and that's what I love about the AEW fan base. And another thing, Eddie is one of those guys that is gonna come out, like, just like Nick Gage is like, fuck you, I love you. Yeah, exactly. He is himself, no matter what. It's just like, who who you aim it aim him at determines if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Also, his music slaps. Oh, his music's yeah. so good. <laughs> so fucking Burner, no, 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 no. just somebody like just like it's like Final Fantasy boss music. Yeah. And someone rapping over. Yeah. All right. Still don't know what the lyrics to it are. <laughs> Listen to it like twelve times. I'm not. I'm convinced there aren't even. Yeah, I'm convinced there aren't even words in that in that song. All right. Now, number one storyline of the year. Uh, this was the other category where I was surprised I won because I voted for Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my storyline is um. B- belongs to uh the redeemer and mm-hmm. his his storyline uh, of you know i am god's favorite champion uh, god's fucking with me fuck god uh now i think we've gone full circle and he's trying to reprove he's god's favorite champion all the while talking about how hot and how much sex <laughs> he's having with his wife <laughs> and like yeah. and like i'm sure he's not wrong yeah. But it's yeah. just this thing of just like I am God's favorite champion. Also, my double jointed wife is hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and only with Miro's delivery could you come away from that promo, like taking him as a serious threat. Because you look like, into his intimidated. eyes, you look into his eyes, and you see real crazy. There's real crazy <laughs> in that man's eyes. You're just like, fuck. He might stab me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and he has managed to channel that that storyline into really good matches. Uh, the ongoing storyline of his neck being a great like end rig part of it. It's literally like a bad guy in a video game. Like he has a weak point you have to go for, and that's so cool. And then he addresses it by blaming God. <laughs> <laughs> You fucked up my neck. You gave me a body of granite and a neck of sand. And he just gets so (laughs) pissed off. And it's very clear, too, because people are just like, wow, how can he threaten God? I was like, 
it's not. I don't think it's your god. I don't know what god, what fucking Sumerian death god Miro, <laughs> Miro fucking fucking represents. But like, I don't think, I I don't think it is. That's I'm pretty sure that's why Eddie felt comfortable at wearing a rosary and telling him to redeem his nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, he was All wearing right. the rosary to protect him from Miro's god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, up next we have our entertainer of the year, which means best person like in-ring, in segments, as opposed to in wrestling matches. Last year we, of course, chose Brody Lee, rest in peace. We chose Brody Lee, like, a week before he passed, and we were like, well, yeah, it made sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Sarah for this year has chosen your friend and mine, Orange Cassidy, which I feel like would be a lot of people's pick. He had a, yeah. he had a very good year. He figured out how to be a main eventer and be Orange Cassidy versus last year where he kind of had to pretend to be a baby face. Uh, but number three, Dylan. Oh, I love this choice. You want to, you want a taste? You want a taste? You want a taste? You want a taste? taste? Yeah. The show. (laughs) There is no one I pop harder for. Like I get more excited, but like, Oh fuck. Yes. Uh, Mm then when 2.0 show up, anywhere (laughs) there is no one i like listening to talk more than matt lee i don't know what it is something about his coked out 80s promos Uh uh-huh with the widest eyes the widest (laughs) eyes ever and then jeff parker backs him up being slightly less coked up but it's 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 (laughs) still there it's still there that like they pull that shit in the ring, too. They pull it when they're on the fucking ringside for Daniel Garcia's match. Like, they are... Yeah. They are constantly just like that. They're like that in their fucking YouTube show. Like, they're just... They're just they were all... like that in Chikara, yeah. which is why I popped for them so much when they signed with WWE, and they got real angry when they were misused by WWE. Yeah, they are. They are just. They're just entertaining. Like, like when when you said that, I was just like, no, no, no. If there's somebody that is is entertainment more than wrestling, it is it is 2.0. Because if there is something that they do well, it is talk. Yeah, which is funny considering they're French Canadian. <laughs> Those are weird fuckers, man. I'll tell you what. All right. On to number two listen, for entertainment. Listen to any interview. Like, they got one with Jericho and one with Unrestricted. Just listen to them. It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, n- number two is uh, a team that has already gotten an award tonight. And uh, <laughs> it is the Young Bucks. Because like Dylan said, they've gone fucking insane this year. And nothing makes me happier than any time they're like, Tony Schiavone's backstage now with the Young Bucks. I'm like, let's just see what they've done. Let's see what they've done to their face. Between that and then just every entrance they've done this year. The Macho. The Macho Man. Macho. Uh, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Macho Man. The Ghostbusters. Uh, the Looney Elite. Where Kenny Omega doesn't know how to dunk a basketball. And then Nick. I'm positive Nick faked not being able to dunk the ball just to get heel heat, and it made me even more mad at him. I was like, no, damn it. That's too good. I feel like they would be able to. They should have enough residual flippiness. (laughs) Residual flippiness. They love basketball so much. I know Nick knows how to dunk a basketball. Uh, But yeah, they've been so good. Honestly... 
I would argue if we want to get into number one entertainer of the year, I kind of think we should just give it to the elite as a whole, but I will also then turn it over to Dylan for the num- real number one. Wait, why are you turning it over to Dylan? <laughs> oh, wait, did you pick it? Yeah. I just just That's assumed. the reason why I couldn't. He called it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Also, if we did the elite, we would technically have to include the good brothers and- I don't want to do that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we're not we're not giving it to Sour Boy. I will tell you that like when the Bucks went off the deep end, um, trailing with them on a separate like tangential deep end that he went off of, it was Kenny Omega, and I'm pretty sure he was pushed by Don Callis. There are. You know what's shocking? I just realized. No, we didn't give Callis anything for heel of the year. I know. Yeah, interesting because like it was because uh, because we even talk about callous heat now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a special. How kind likely of heat. do we feel that this person is to be murdered in the parking lot? Compare it to <laughs> Don Callis at Double or Nothing after he pulls Bryce out of the ring, and that is why I think that like Kenny Omega, I uh, put in my original like um, nomination, Kenny Omega feet Don Callis because. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, this is also Big Mike's choice as well. Who said, "I hate how much I love Kenny Omega." Yes, and Brexit. I love how much I love Kenny Omega. Um, there are there are two separate ten minute long videos on Reddit. One of all like the crazy things that Kenny Omega said and did in AEW. A second one for all the things he did in AAA and Impact. <laughs> yes, because I that is the thing I wanted to point out. He was not just doing this in AEW. This is Kenny Omega belt collector we had throughout the majority of this year. And all of the shit he was doing in three separate companies, in like three different timelines basically, um, was just him. And this is really one of like the opus of Kenny Omega as an entertainer. Like outside of the ring, I think. Because... He's just getting to do as much crazy shit as he wants. Him and Don Callis are just getting to, like, insult people and shit on people and just have fun being the biggest assholes they can be. And then when you're back in AEW, you see Kenny just being drugged along with the rest of the elite stuff. And you could just see that, like, and Kenny is there. He is doing his own thing in that costume. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, Callus, I know we all hate him, and I hated him a lot as far as the parody. No, I don't. No, kayfabe hate. No, no, no. Reality. Oh, really? No. Do you not remember when I cheered at Double or Nothing when he pulled Bryce (laughs) out of the ring? Yeah, you were the one monster. Yeah, Yeah, Dylan is a real-life kayfabe heel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I, I think he was the wisest choice to put with Kenny because at the end of the day, we all fucking love Kenny Omega, so you gotta put someone there to get hate on Kenny and Callus. I will admit now, it's a very good choice. Yeah, and you all doubted. Right. You doubted. <laughs> we Shame did. On we did. Both you're, of you. You're gonna have to bring. I had it up to enact the two week rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Finally, wrestler of the year. Last year it went to John Moxley. This year. Uh, number three is a man we've already talked about tonight is one of the greatest independent wrestlers of all time. Uh, Minoru fucking Suzuki, who I chose because I couldn't pick the other two, but also Suzuki had 
fucking killer matches this year. And it's, it is also kind of like what I was saying with Effie. Yes, Minoru kind of does have a, a violent style, but not every match was the same type of violence. So you had a gauge match that was like deathmatch brutality, or then you would have something like Garcia, where it was who can break the most limbs the fastest, or Danielson, where it's watch these two old men beat the shit out of each other in the center of the ring for 30 minutes, baby. Or, or, uh, or Dickinson, where it's like you want, to, you, you want blood sport. <laughs> oh yeah i'll we give it to you mm-hmm. uh but yeah suzuki nailed it i'm really happy he got to do a tour of america i'm upset i didn't get to go to any of the shows but fuck yeah minoru suzuki uh, and we got to see him be a surprise like and that was all i ever needed um uh, yeah, yeah but coming in at number two and this was a very hard decision for me um, because this is also a big, this is also big Mike's choice. Oh. Um, because like I had to give it to number one, I had to, and I knew in my heart that I had to, despite my personal love for number two wrestler of the year, Brian Danielson. Um, because Danielson, if you'd have told me at the beginning of this year that Daniel Bryan would have left WWE, like, willingly, not being cut, not released or anything. He's just like, I want to go. I I don't know if I would have at that time, because I, like, he just felt like a... a, He was in a big angle with Roman and all that. So, yeah, like, he was doing good stuff in WWE, too, which is another reason why he got this award. Yeah, and he seemed and he is very WWE faithful uh because of like how the company has helped him, but in the end of the day he decided my wrestling is more important, which is understandable. Um and he was already like you said Scotty doing great work with the uh the Roman Edge uh whole thing they had going on and then he just turns right the fuck around. Jumps into AEW. And starts putting on some of the best matches of his fucking life. Week after week, the man hasn't has wrestled every week since he got there. <laughs> Against to a point someone. where I think Tony made it part of the storyline that brought because the current storyline is Danielson saying, "I wasn't at a hundred percent. Silver fucked up my leg, so I'm not gonna wrestle these next few weeks." Which I think is Tony Khan directly saying. You're not fucking wrestling, Brian. I'm sorry. We need to heal you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, listen, listen, I I think it was part of the storyline is that, yeah, I wasn't at 100%. If you've had it, rest, whatever. Yeah. But that was his his Dark Order killer. It's like. So good. It it was like, oh, was this what the Elite Hunter was supposed to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he. uh... Go on. Go ahead. No, you got it. Um, And I just wanted to, like, say that his new character like i didn't know what he was gonna come into aw as and just the fact that he's a stone cold wants to fight he does not give a shit about you or your kids he's also he's also a giant douche yeah one of my favorite so good at it someone described it online is somebody said the crowd still loves brian danielson but also we're like we understand the story. Let's all boo this motherfucker, which is super cool to have like s- someone we all collectively are like, we love you, but we know what we must do. Boo! 
When um when he came back and like I we all were like American Dragon's back. But you know at the back of your head it's just like he's been gone for so long, will he be able to do like keep up with the the American Dragon schedule? Shut the fuck up, doubt. <laughs> no 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 he- First night back, 30-minute time limit draw classic. It was like, okay, well, I guess we were all fucking stupid. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't keep up with the old style. He did better than the <laughs> old did. style. In three months, he somehow went from someone we wouldn't have considered to almost number one wrestler of the year in a three-month period versus everyone else who had a whole year, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, he did have those first couple months as well. Yeah, yeah, which so were, he, which were it, still good. Which is a thing of, like, he was able to prove he was really good in two separate companies doing two separate styles. To almost defeating the champion in both companies. <laughs> almost. Which is why he's number two. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to number one. Number one. With a bullet. <laughs> I'll let it, I'll let it stand because Bullet Club. <laughs> Bad. Uh, Yes, the best bout machine living up to his name despite <laughs> having like so many goddamn injuries. Like literally, so like Darby Allen talks about he's going to run the wheels off. Kenny Omega somehow duct taped the wheels back on and then did like a like a 900 <laughs> like just Kenny Omega's driving a boat down the interstate <laughs> <Yeah>. somehow. <laughs> Birds on both sides, just like stop me, <laughs> pull me over. How? Because Kenny Omega came into this year and he was just like, I'm gonna be the best fucking thing in three companies, and yeah. and he was. <laughs> Kenny Omega was every bit of what everybody wanted Kenny Omega to be the moment he got into AEW. And I felt so rewarded for my patience and belief. I felt so rewarded. I was like, no, just just give it time. Wait. Wait. We gotta let other people... And the moment he got the belt, I was like, oh, it's on, motherfuckers. It's on. And it was. And every bit of it, every, every, like, every small match, every pay-per-view, he delivered. He delivered wholeheartedly. You knew when Kenny Omega walked through that uh, entrance, walked down that rap, you're like, well, this match isn't going to suck. There's not a chance in hell. Because Kenny Omega, because Kenny Omega, especially, I think it was a point of like, I'm not sacrificing any more of my health for anything less than amazing. And he didn't. Like, there is no match you could point to that Kenny Omega was involved in this year. We were just like, that wasn't a good match. No, no, there's nothing. Six-man, eight-man, ten-man singles match. I think he had a regular tag. I think they had a match where he tagged with Nakazawa. That match was good. Like, what do you, what do you want from Kenny Omega? There's nothing, there's nothing left. it's all here. It's all here. It's all here. Woe for Alexander Webb, for he had no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega stands alone at the top of the mountain of AEW. He they erected a statue to him because he is the true god of professional wrestling, and his name is Kenny By God Omega. Oh, he had a match of the year for the next fifteen years <laughs> from from here. The triple threat match, the uh, fatal f- or the four uh, 
the eight man we talked about earlier, the ten man match, him versus Danielson. Him versus it's been a fucking good year for yep. pro wrestling. I mean, him versus he, Christian, him versus Christian again, him versus <laughs> he fucking like. He blew it out of the park so much that, I mean, literally two of the three match of the year contenders included him. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one included his friends. Yes. I mean, like... He is truly all elite. (laughs) This this was the year of Omega, 110%. And this has been the 2021 Fight Awards for... What was an absolutely fucking killer year in professional wrestling. But until next time, where can people find y'all on the internet? We're not the Golden Boys, it's the Fight Awards. Oh, yeah, fuck. I don't fucking know, dude. It's 11 o'clock. I'm tired. (laughs) Sorry. It's midnight for you. uh, The sheet is called the Fight Awards, which is why I called it. But yeah, it's the Golden Boys. Whatever. We'll edit it in post. Um, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Dark and Vidget on YouTube. Does anybody really listen to me when I say this? I don't know, but I like how Dylan's saying we'll edit it in post, cut off the opening of yours, meaning that I can definitely not edit anything <laughs> in post. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and you can check out all the other podcasts wherever you get your shows check out the weird check out jwf monday night ignition because i'll be legit some of the best promos we have ever done are happening right now in the storyline we've got going on so please check out jwf monday night ignition and special thanks to mega ran for our theme song fighters uh go check out mega ran on his website megaranmusic.com um Live 95, I didn't get a chance to talk about it that much, but it fucking slaps. Um, Give Mega Ran all the love that you give us, and even more, because he deserves it. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show, because when you're a golden boy, you're a golden boy for life!